Hello, and welcome to We Can Make the Perfect Game, the podcast in which I, your host Elliot Gardner, speaks to a special guest about the component parts of their favourite video games in the hopes of creating something that together we can call their ideal perfect game. I'm a freelance game journalist who, among other things, has interviewed the creators of World of Warcraft, Fallout, Baldur's Gate 3, Rage 2, and many more. And within this podcast, I'll be asking my guests about the things that make their favourite games their favourite games. Things such as the genre they prefer, their ideal protagonist or favourite character, the worlds and environments they've lost themselves in, and their favourite boss stage or challenge that they've most enjoyed beating. Whether we come up with something truly great or some nightmare amalgamation remains to be seen, but it should be a fun chat all the same. For this episode, I'm speaking to Vic Hood, games editor at Tech Radar. She's the winner of awards such as Rising Star at the Games Media Britlist. She's an amazing advocate for mental health, both within and outside of the games industry. And I have the honour of calling her one of my closest friends. So without further ado, let's see if we can make the perfect game. Hey Vic, how you doing? I'm doing good. How are you, Elliot? I'm not bad. Thanks. Uh, thanks for being on uh, this this inaugural podcast. It's my pleasure. Thanks. <laughs> um, I, I want to make sure you know. Uh, broadly speaking, uh, we're trying to make your perfect game. Okay. I know it's a big task, but I'm confident that we're going to make an amazing slash totally Garbo game. <laughs> yeah, it's probably going to be a hor- horrible, like, hybrid, like, lab creation, but that's fine. <laughs> yeah, Frankenstein monster. Or, like, pitch this to fucking devs now. <laughs> <laughs> right, so uh, just just briefly then, um, you've had a busy few weeks. Um, I have. <laughs> with... Um, I would ordinarily say, like, what you playing? What you've been playing lately? Just to give me an idea of you. But um, I know for a fact that with uh, Xbox and PlayStation both launching, <laughs> it's been a nightmare for you. It really has. I'm glad that you're taking so much glee in how much of a, much of <laughs> you a can nightmare. You can hear the smile on my you're face. Like, you're like, it's been a nightmare, hasn't it? Tell us about how awful <laughs> it's been. Yeah, I've been playing well, everything. I guess, which is the the benefit of a console. Console launches, but I am I am very tired. My eyes mm. need a rest. <laughs> it's it's a nightmare um, in the fact that you've got loads of work, but on the plus side, yeah. you get to play a bunch of games. It's that nice part of like the job where you kind of you get to you get to see the next generation come in, and you get to be excited and passionate about what you're doing. So that's. That's nice, and then you get to see everyone getting their consoles and them excited. So, yeah, that kind of that helps helps a bit. <laughs> Has it been a bit of a slog having to play so many different new like launch titles all at once? It's a bit. It's kind of Sophie's choice. Like I've got, um, I've had the Xbox for a while, um, and some of those games I kind of you know got a head start on and stuff. But at the minute. I'm kind of like having to Sophie's choice between like Spider-Man and Valhalla. Um, it's exactly and the same one... as Sophie's choice. 
<laughs> yeah, it's the same. It's as heart wrenching, um, because yeah, because Spider Man's quite it's fairly short, and then Valhalla's like over a hundred hours. So it's a case of being like, should I start chipping away at Valhalla, which I have done, knowing mm-hmm. how large a game it is, or should I just finish finish off Spider Man? So I'm kind of jumping between and then there's a load of other titles that I'd like to get like sunk right into and at the minute I've just kind of dipped my toes so yeah it's gonna it's gonna be still busy for a bit I don't think I'm gonna finish Valhalla anytime soon it's probably gonna be one of those ones that I kind of jump into and play bits but then have to go and actually finish a game in the meantime while I'm playing it <laughs> yeah yeah I remember um everyone saying the same thing for Red Dead Redemption 2 and the... no I never finished it that's awful, that's it. Like... The reviewers, I feel sorry for them because usually you're supposed to finish the game, right? But Jesus Christ! <laughs> well, we didn't we didn't get review code on time, so it just wasn't going to happen. Um, because we were still kind of I was in my infancy at Tech Radar, kind of still, and we didn't get code on time, so we didn't, you know, review mm. it. Um, it took me three is... attempts to get through it. Like it's a long got... game. I got to a certain point and I was enjoying it and then like, it's just like as an adult, you don't get time mm. and I love those games and when I was a student I played the hell out of everything but like, I just don't have time, like I've spent the whole day off playing Valhalla and I've only just got to England Yeah. and that's, yeah, I don't know when I'm ever going to get the time to, to finish it. <laughs> um, it... I played um, Odyssey Assassin's Creed Odyssey during furlough, um, during first lockdown, and yeah. that that was like a blessing because I really got to dive into that game. I finally got a computer that could run it for starters, but um, the first time I tried to play um, uh, Origins, Assassin's Creed Origins, I I just fell off a cliff with it because after like two or three hours, I was just like, this is too big for you to play around work. But now I really wanted to get with get with Odyssey. I really wanted to just power through it, and I finally had the time to do it, and I fell in love with it. And I ended Did you up finish finishing. It? I I finished it. Oh wow! Yeah, See, it took me a couple of weeks, <laughs> <laughs> but I was nowhere near one hundred percent completion. Yeah, that's the thing. Is the the nice thing is when you're not rev- not reviewing a game as nice as it is to review games and get the head start. It's also, you have to play in such a different way. And for games like that, it can be an absolute nightmare because, like, I reviewed Odyssey and I had to do it as, a like, a five-day review diary. Wow. And I didn't even, <laughs> I didn't get anywhere, like, anywhere, like, deep into it even because, like, mm. it takes so bloody long. You've got and... to prioritise the main quest or the side stuff or whatever. Yeah, right? and I love, I love, like, getting in the nitty-gritty and all the stuff in and around like doing a bit of the main quest but also like doing the side stuff and like when you're reviewing it you just don't get to you just have to like you can do a bit of that stuff but really the aim is get through get through the game <laughs> as much as possible i mean so a, in odyssey there's a new mechanic that's um like uh, you get something like 20 hours in i was just like what no no <laughs> i i thought i knew how this game works now I don't. I, you can't throw new things at me. <laughs> yeah, I remember I was a few. I think I got. It must have been like eight hours into Odyssey before I got the, the like the title screen when you get on the boat and then this title screen comes up. Yeah. And I've had that like 
just a couple of hours ago with Valhalla, which I've been playing <laughs> all day, and I've just got the title screen, and I'm like, mm. <laughs> Oh, Ubisoft do I, that. Assassin's Creed especially. It's like Yeah, well, the only, the only benefit is I'm like, I'm now in England, and I can start pillaging the English countryside, which is mm. my dream. So... <laughs> I tell you what, I saw um I saw um someone put on, on Twitter just before it came out when the review codes for it was finally went out to um to people and they could start tweeting about it and their experiences. How Assassin's Creed Odyssey had uh, had like the amazing Greek uh islands from, from myth and um you get to see these these amazing locations and, and you could sail around and then um Valhalla has uh the famous town of Grimsby. Um <laughs> Yeah, I've seen that. I'm, I was like, like, I'm excited. Yeah. I've seen Grimsby, and I want. I thought of you. <laughs> well, that's it. It's where I was born. And it's just like I. I feel offended that they're making fun of it, but at the same time, I kind of get it. <laughs> well, there's an excitement. I mean, because I'm like, I want to no see if they'll. I'll, I want to see if an Ireland DLC will like touch on home. It's like that weird thing. Like Ubisoft's so good at world building, and they were like. I don't know if you got to play Watch Dogs Legion, but like the London in that just, I just spent a bunch of time just like driving about. It wasn't even doing like the story. I was just mm. driving about London, seeing just how accurate everything was. And like, because we were in like second lockdown, I was just like, I can't go to any of these places. Oh, so... you get to see them digitally. <laughs> well, we're both yeah. from London. Well, live in London. Or at least I yeah. was before the plague hit. Um, <laughs> so maybe I should just give it a go just so I can actually like oh I, I miss this town <laughs> yeah well i spoke to someone else who said who's like said that that's that's kind of their thing of being able to run about london at a time when you can't like my partner was like he was making me in the most boring thing making me take his route to work from the tube <laughs> first question I want you to tell me about your favourite genre of video game. So, my favourite genre, like, in the most basic terms, is probably, like, action-adventure RPG. But oh, yeah. genres get so convoluted a bit. So it has to be, like, a narrative-driven action-adventure RPG, if that makes sense. Or just a very narrative-driven action-adventure. So something more like Assassin's Creed, the modern versions, rather than like the deep, like stats change RPGs. Yeah, you're so build a bit your like, character. so like things like I know you didn't like it, but so like The Last of Us with that, it's an action adventure, and then that has a very like it's very narrative driven, and a lot of mm. like any of most of Sony's like first party titles are very narrative driven, like single player that kind of thing. Um, and then if you extend that out, I guess the likes of The Witcher, which again are, you know, quite narrative heavy, but it's all in the little details and it's a much bigger world, but there's so many different, like, intertwining, like, little narratives in the world. People still try to play, like, I I finished it and I did. I finished it three times and there's still I haven't stopped. finished the DLC because I forgot about the DLC, That's I it. think. Like... Every time I go back into it, and I do this with so many games, um, every time I go back into The Witcher, I start it again from scratch. With, oh, no, I want to build my new character and build this in this way. I want to go for Triss over Yennefer. So no mm. one ever. Um, but, <laughs> but then by the time I get to the DLC, I burnt out because it's like a 
Yeah, well, that's what I did. I think I was a student when I played it. I picked it up when I was like, yeah, I can't remember what year. It must have been first year, something like that, you know, when there's less, when you have time. Um, And yeah, by the time I finished it, I finished it and then I got to the DLCs and was like, right, I'll take just a break. And I just never went back. And then I went back a few years later and then kind of forgot everything that was going on. But I don't want to start again because it takes so long. You know, so Hearts of Stone. I didn't know what to expect, but I loved it. I managed to get mm. through that that one. I really adored the more uh, condensed storyline, um, and just oh, the really mm, fine details. I loved it so much. But then everyone tells me how amazing Blood and Wine is. Yeah. Um, and. I did travel to the location and it does look gorgeous and it is more like Witcher but fantasy, like high fantasy as opposed to low fantasy uh, or less gritty fantasy. I don't know. Um, it does look gorgeous and I did play maybe an hour or two of it but it's just like there's so much more landmass to discover. Yeah. <laughs> That's the thing is that they're just getting... The games are getting so big. I'm like, I'm enjoying Valhalla at the minute because I'm like, I can take my time and there's a story and there's some stuff to kind of collect. And I like the stuff where I'm like, there's a, it's, there's a main story and the main story is a good narrative, but also you want to explore because all those little side quests also are like, have their own really good stories, if you know what I mean. Yeah. So like, yeah. things like in like Yakuza does it really well, where it's just these like somewhat sometimes bizarre, like, little side stories that you just want to like wander about and uncover yeah. you know, this which is the, the witcher does great the witcher does great but i've made enemies by saying that um the the witcher's side quest system whilst the storylines phenomenal like the fact it's all voice acted it's all like unique like it's been written so perfectly but the gameplay gets very samey and that's what held held me back after doing several hours of the same kind of quest where you go to a location, see some footprints with your Witcher vision, um, follow them, uh, see enemy appear, follow it, dramatic twist, and that's has like that formula is cut and dry for the whole thing. <laughs> yeah, I get the formula thing, but I think it's the characters that kind of make it like. Yeah, it's what you in, want from in, the game, right? Yeah, where the characters are a bit uh, different. I get that. Yeah, it's kind of seems in that regards but it is just like those bizarro characters and it's like ones that stick with you there's still like there's just some like side quests that stick with you and that's when you know they've like nailed it i remember like there's yeah, yeah quests there's some side quests in games that i remember like now after all these years and it's i don't know what it is about them it's just they were quite unique and i enjoyed them and i remember them so things like I can't remember if it was Oblivion or Oblivion or Skyrim. That was like, God, like the murder house party. Yes, and, that's Oblivion. That's in Skimgrad. Yeah, I know that quest like the back of my hat. Dark Brotherhood. Yeah, oh, it's and mwah. you have to sneak around. Kiss. So good. <laughs> <laughs> like there's that, and that sticks in my head like super well. And then things like Gertrude's cat from like yeah. RuneScape. And there's just some of these quests that I'm like, how have they stuck in my mind so... So that's another so... game that I started doing again. It's now on Steam, isn't it? But it's, and So a lot of people are rediscovering RuneScape. But um, it's a game that I, I went through in, in furlough. 
and I decided that I wanted to do the the big quest that because the world's changed so much in that game from when I played it as a kid that that is like a big transitional quest where it shows how why the world's changed or something and I'm sure there are a lot of people tuning out because it's RuneScape, but it's a popular game, I swear. <laughs> it's really popular. Because <laughs> um, like... it's so passive, but the quest system, like, the writing is, some of it's amazing, some of it is questionable, as it was, like, 20 years ago. But <laughs> Gertrude's Cat, for example, is one of the um, the quests that you've got to complete out of, like, a myriad, like, dozens and dozens of quests to get to this big, like, transitional story quest. Yeah. And because there'll be like like a one line that's referenced in the text of this quest from like twenty years ago, I think, oh, I need to do, I need to finish them all. I need to rabbit away to get them all done. Oh my god, that was a slog. Finding that <laughs> yeah, that's damn the cat. problem. They do have the chain, the chain yeah. of quest. There's like a few of the RuneScape ones that are like hammered in my hammered in my memory, and yeah, I think that's the I think that's the nice thing about like particularly like. RPGs like that is they if the side quests are written with as much love and care as their main quests are, then yeah. they they do last like decades. Like they, the they... Time, yeah. I think that's why the witches stuck around so long. Yeah, because those yeah all those side quests and things like do stick with you, and it's the cast of characters, it's the beasties that are in that are in the Witcher as well, I mm. guess, and like. So we're going for like a, a, a narrative-driven action game. The RPG element is like a narrative-driven RPG type thing. Something in line with, let's say, The Witcher. Let's use The Witcher sure. as the base. The Last of Us isn't too RPG-y. No, it's narrative-driven, but it's that kind of narrative thing. But I think... Uh, it's, it's Naughty Dog's other... on-rails story, right? With limited exploration going on. Yeah, so let's go. Yeah, The Witcher kind of sits in the in the middle there. Witcheresque, so sure, sure. So okay, well that leads nicely into um, who is your favorite character from gaming, or who would you want to see? see? This... Who would you want to play as? Here's the thing, like thought about this a bit because like there's so many like very obvious people you can say and there's a lot of characters that have resonated with me but the one that has resonated with me most is may from night in the woods which i'm not sure if you've oh, played really? i've not i've seen lots of memes about it <laughs> <laughs> See, lots of depressed cat memes <laughs> <laughs> yeah like it's currently it's my phone background on my twitter header um but yeah, like, so if you haven't played it, then Night of the Woods is essentially like, it's quintessential, like, in your 20s. So May has, like, gone away to, like, go to uni and, like, go do all that, left her small town, and then it didn't really work out. She wasn't particularly happy, so she comes back to her hometown and realises, essentially, that she's in her 20s. All her friends from when she was, like, younger have moved on and are getting on with their lives and this is too real i know and she's <laughs> and she's like yeah and she's still painted as like kind of the the oddball like the cookie the one. one yeah the cookie one but like she comes back and the friends that she has she just kind of realizes you know they've got on with their lives and what is she doing with hers because 
it's like just an, essentially a bit of an existential 20s crisis oh, and i think yeah and I think that's what <laughs> resonates with it which is why there's what, so many what's memes. the reddit to me irl for me irl <laughs> <laughs> and, they, and they've really encapsulated that feeling yeah it is, angst, it is that the mid-20s and angst then, and also as a character she's like she's just funny and dry and like self-deprecating and i just resonate with her and like the difficult thing is now to talk about night in the woods because of um stuff around that um Mm. and its creator it's a difficult game to talk about in the sense that like you don't know if you can talk about it yeah but i feel like um it is it is always tricky to separate work from author but you can't you i think you have to in a lot of instances right yeah um, i think like that game touched a lot of people including myself especially in terms of like mental health representation and just that feeling of not fitting in and that like yeah that 20s like existential crisis mm. so i think that still stands um and i still think may is a fantastically like cookie and like adorable kind of character and is just this thing is just she's not always right and sometimes she's a bit of a bastard so i'm like they're not painting her as like <laughs> i was thinking in my, as... i was i was envisaging the character i was thinking she's a little bit short she's got dark hair <laughs> my god it, it, you could see why vic associates the character anyway it's and she's me. a bit of a bastard <laughs> it is vic it is vic <laughs> doesn't say the, like the right things like like i and the game takes like a bit of a turn but i think that whole like just coming to terms with um like that other people's lives move on and like maybe the path that's set in front of you isn't necessarily the one for you and all that stuff i think I think mm. she's a, a great character. Maybe not like one that everyone would pick, but like it's about you. What what you would pick. Yeah, but that's you what I think this is the bit that's gonna make this game weird. <laughs> this Don't is think the about bit that's now. gonna make my Don't think about it. You're gonna, I won't. We're gonna... <laughs> <laughs> Depressed cat. <laughs> this is spoilers for the end of the episode. I mean <laughs> yeah. the depressed cat is my choice as best oh best protagonist. Brilliant. Okay. Well, moving on then. <laughs> Poor depressed cat. <laughs> what is your favourite world? Your favourite uh, game setting that you actually play in? Is it is it something like Depressed Cat Town, or is it more? See, I thought about picking Depressed Cat Town. But actually, the worlds mm. that I found really intriguing, I think it's from, like, my own intrigue, is um, kind of Norse mythology worlds a bit. And I know I'm playing Valhalla, but I would have said this before. So, like, God of War yeah. and Hellblade, like, a world no, that... I've never got around to playing Hellblade. <laughs> Hellblade's I've good. always wanted to. You're going to be at a, at a loss later in this episode but yeah (laughs) but i like that like that blending of um god of war oh that game yeah 
Oh, there are very few games that I take the care to 100% nowadays. But, but you did it with that? Damn, Oh, yes. so I, I spent a long time not playing it. Like, I don't know, I've never played any of the others, and I have this perception of what it would same, be like same. in my head, because I've seen, like, what it was like before, and it just never, like, struck me. And then everyone was like, it's great, it's great, it's great. And eventually, I think it was not last year, maybe the year before, it might have been last year, that I finally mm. was like, right, it must have been last year because it came out in 2018. I was like, I'll play it. And then I was properly, like, I was crying at the end. I was like, this oh, is yeah. you You just described my exact experience as well. Like, <laughs> I never played the old ones. I always had an Xbox 360 over a PlayStation. Um, and then I moved on and mainly had a PC rather than either console for a long time. Now I've got a PS4. And I was just, uh, again, during sort of lockdown period, just what can I play? Finish game one, finish game two. I'm fine, I'll give it a go. It's like the most highly rated game from everyone I know. Oh, it just blew me away. It was just so good. I was expecting sort of like hack and slash generic stuff. But then like I've read review. I've now done and looked into the older God of War games and people say they're great as well. Yeah, but... I've seen... The thing is, I had like someone I used to work with, I remember, and they didn't this before I was in games. They'd said, and it was before I played the new game, and they were like, I don't like the look of this new game. I like, they liked Hack and Slash. And then they said that they tried, I think, the new game and just didn't get along with it because they're like, the world's too mm-hmm. big. There's too much going on. I just want a very linear experience where I can hack hack the shit out of your stuff. Um, yeah. So I don't, th- I don't know if I'd get along with the original ones. And that could be, again, me just being like, oh, I may not get along with those and then actually enjoy them. But I... In- I find that it was, even though I didn't know what happened in the other games, I was able to pick up it quite easily. I watched, I think it was IGN's wrap-up or round-up of the storyline from the first however many games and all the side Mm. games and things in like a 20-minute video. And now, when when I come to new series... That I've never picked the old ones up, but I want to desperately play the new ones. Those vid- those kind of videos are godsend. <laughs> Whoever <laughs> well, writes that's... the scripts for those, they're magicians. My God. <laughs> well, I didn't do it for that, and I think it kind mm. of I got through from a mixture. I think of just knowing a bit about Norse mythology yeah, and kind yeah, of yeah. what the God of War games are about a bit. And I think yeah. it's fairly. I just, easy it just gave me a bit of. of... A bit of background around Kratos and why he's such a grumpy bugger. Um, yeah, that makes that. But the setting's yeah. so different from the old ones, right? It's all new. I mean, that's why it took so many people by surprise. Yeah, um, but I like. But the North I think, stuff, oof, so good. Yeah, it's just a classic. It's like a really good example of Sony's like first party, and it's that thing where I said like Sony's great at those narrative-driven action adventures, like single players, mm. and I love most of. Sony's single player like narrative driven games and God of War is like absolutely up there as as one of the best and it's also just because it did take me by surprise like I started it and then I was like this is so much more has so much more depth than I expected it to I tell you what about God of War obviously like it has loads of depth but just the world being so beautiful Mm. it was um do you know those clickbait articles that you mm. see at the bottom of um, you, you you actually want to read about a review of a game or you, you've just done an interview and you've seen it live and then you'll see like related links 
and it'd be mm. top 10 game worlds we want to see sponsored by trash clickbait website um, yeah. <laughs> it was always a picture of the world serpent from god of war and i think that put me off because so many clickbait sites were just using this um this image of oh what, what's the name of the world serpent i can't remember the name it's I norse <laughs> I can't remember either, but we also used it for like our God of War hubs and stuff. To be fair, it became iconic. Had... It just became part of what people thought of God of War. I'm going to Google word world serpent. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Yulmungander. <laughs> of course. Yeah. Yulmungander. How did we forget? <laughs> yeah, that catchy title. Obviously. Catchy name. Catchy name. But yeah, I love oh. that. Like, but I'm really interested in yeah North Norse mythology. Um mm. and that kind of thing. So I feel like, especially when it's done, it's not. I wouldn't say it's done. It's dark in God of War. It's dark and Hellblade. But whenever, mm. yeah, um, it's done. It's just explored in that way, I guess. And it's almost like a bit of like a history lesson. But while you're playing, and Assassin's Creed games are good with that. Like regardless of Valhalla. I I like learning like a nerd while I'm also playing. <laughs> but it's that, yeah, it's that. And then, like, it's any sort of mythology, really, which is probably mm. why, like, I took to The Witcher and then Odyssey with its Greek mythology. I like that exploration of, like, folklore and mythology in any games. I find it really interesting. Yeah, um, definitely. I think it's, like, it's great to have fantasy, um, but when fantasy is based on, like, actual... Um, historical uh, myths and folklore, I find it even more intriguing. I would very much like one that dug right into Irish mythology and folklore, which The Witcher does a bit, but, you know, let that side for now. Yeah, I think that that stuff is interesting. If I have to pick any of those worlds that kind of, so I don't overlap with my original kind of Witcher world, but that kind of, yeah, when it's Norse mythology, I find that Norse stuff is fascinating. And I think it is fascinating. It's had a couple of great games, and I, I think until Valhalla came out, I was desperate for more games in that in that uh, in that world. Yeah, like that's that. why I think. Like I took I, Odyssey was I didn't pick up Origins, but I'd like to because like I'm interested in like Egyptian mythology yeah. as well. But that's the reason I wanted to play Odyssey as like one of my first big Assassin's Creed games because. Um, I'm interested in Greek mythology, and it was quite big. And then I think then it's the reason that's drawn me to this one as well, because I don't care or know actually while I'm playing anything about the actual Assassin's Creed line running through it. I don't mm. know that actual storyline at all. I have no idea what's going on. <laughs> I'm just getting through those bits and then treating it essentially like it's an actual, you know. Well, that's the about... myths the way that than the way God of War is, but that's because God of War and stuff is more fantasy, whereas this isn't as you know fantasy driven. Yeah, well, I think um, that was something about Odyssey, right? It was all about the Greek myth and everything, and mm. it was good fun. Um, but then the DLC was set in um, Atlantis, and it was that sort of merger of future tech in ancient times. And I know at least one of my friends said, "This isn't what I want from this game." I wanted, I wanted a Greek legend simulator, not a Greek fantasy technology game. Mm. 
and they, yeah. they they did just didn't play it because they just no, it's not what I want. I'm happy for Cassandra's journey to end here. Yeah, so. I'm just I'm looking forward to then God of because God of War kept it right the whole way through, and I'm looking forward to seeing uh, what Ragnarok will bring. Oh, so I guess because yeah. um, you know that's the big that's the big thing, the big event is Ragnarok, and. Mm. I don't know what it is, but I guess in recent years, Norse mythology has become cool. I don't know <laughs> if that's because, like, genuinely, I don't know if it's because, like, Thor and the Marvel movies um, and that, like, very slim line through that. Um, mm. And then God of War and, I guess, Hellblade and things. And I don't know if that's, like, piquing people's interest in those kind of worlds where... Yeah, it's one of those things of. I, it might be that, but at this point, I don't care. I just want to see more of it. If I don't care why it's happening, I'm just glad it is. Yep. It's so I'm very excited cool. to get my hands on Ragnarok. Very excited indeed. Right, okay. Right. Final question. Mm. It's a bit of a broader one. Um, I want to know what your favourite uh, either boss stage or your favourite enemy class or like challenge in a, in a level in a game you've had to overcome something like like a, a, a challenging stage or boss that you want that you overcome in a game so i have a i have a favorite like final like boss stage but it isn't particularly challenging it's just mm. one that is very much stuck with me and um I think was quite poignant and very well done. It's the only like boss stage that's maybe made me have a bit of a cry. And that is like, I've mentioned Hellblade, but it's Hellblade. Hmm. So you haven't played it, but um, spoilers at the end of <laughs> Hellblade. Um, so through the game, you're essentially, you're taking your, your beloved's head to Hella because yeah. he has died and you're taking his head to Hella. You know, the goddess be, um, of death. I'd be surprised if you were taking their head and they were alive. <laughs> yes. But, well, God of War. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. You Mimir. never know. So, taking his head to Hela because she is, Senya is demanding you you bring back her partner, mm. um, whose name I can't remember right now. But she's going to the goddess of death to be like, give me him back. And she's going to, like, fight her. Um, you know, to, to reclaim his soul, etc. Um, so you've gone through everything, and when you get to the end, you know, you've gone to Hela, you're in the underworld. Um, and then the actual final scene is you're just getting kind of Hela's looking over, and you're getting constantly like rushed, like wave after wave after wave of enemies, but like, yeah, wave after wave that there is not an end to. Like, not a case of you have finished the wave. Wave after wave after wave after wave. And there's, like, music in the background. And the music's, like, building up tempo and getting quite loud. And it's, like, I can't remember the exact name of it. But it's very good. And then you get yeah. into a point, you're kind of like, is this going to actually end? Is oh, there... God. It's that sort of and dawning. Then... But then you're like, is this going to end? And then you start to realize, like, maybe I'm not meant to win. Mm. and then you keep going and going it's getting more and more and the music's getting louder and louder and then it's getting to a point you can't you can't do it anymore and then you realize you're not meant to win 
Like the point uh. of the boss battle is you're not meant to win the boss battle. Um, so you're keeping trying and trying and trying and eventually realize actually I'm not meant to. Um, and she gets like slayed. Oh, she gets overwhelmed and she gets slayed. That's and that's really intrigued me. <laughs> I, I so feel like moved. The mu- so the music's like coming and it's meant to be like you're battling and battling. Or the way I read it was you're battling and battling and battling, but actually there is no winning and there's no mm. winning against death. And essentially her whole journey has been for something she cannot change and for something she's been battling and using this energy for something that ultimately she she couldn't defeat mm. um so i think like it's very poignant in her like coming to terms with her coming to terms with her grief i guess and coming to terms with the, the fact that um she couldn't do anything and it's it's very poignant i think and it's very interesting because i've never really had that in a game where it's essentially been like no, you lose. <laughs> you wow. can only lose. Like, see now, there were a couple of um, times that happens, and it, it, I think it, it's quite frustrating for people. Um, it sounds like they've really, like, the Senua's sacrifice team have really done it well, and it's like a narrative, big narrative point they're trying to make that it leads up to it. But I, I can think of a couple of games like Sekiro, for example, the first boss you're supposed to lose against. Um, it annoyed me. Yeah, (laughs) that's my point it does tend to annoy people Um, or maybe there there are certain games where you get to a certain point in the fight and you think I'm finally winning it and then cutscene happens and haha you lose (laughs) it's things like that I think it can be quite jarring for people to not be able to overcome a challenge yeah I think a lot of people definitely from Steam and stuff there's people that are like angry or like that was ridiculous it was all for nothing I yeah. think but that's the point. I don't know if it's the way it was intended, but for me, I was like, this whole, the whole narrative of this game has been she is, she is fighting because she cannot let this go, mm. and the point at the end is she has to let it go. And um, from a narrative standpoint, I think that's really brave and it was done really well. But yeah, from a gameplay standpoint, it's a bit annoying if you've spent all the whole time and like actually <laughs> yeah. you don't get to take down Hella really <laughs> in the end. But yeah, I think it's really, it was really well done and like quite brave. And with the music, it's hard to describe, but with the music building up and the music's in the background, it does feel like at the time it's like a fight for your life. Mm, so I was yeah. like trying to keep them all back. And I was like, actually, this is so overwhelming. I don't know if this is like, am I meant to lose? And after a bit, like five minutes of fighting, I was like, am I meant to lose? And then you're not yeah. sure if you want to do it because like if I do it, then... I might have to start all this again, but if well, I tell you what, if I... I have been in a position where I've thought, "Am I doing something wrong? Am I meant to lose this in a, in a game before now? I've lost, and it's like, no, no, it's just a really long <laughs> boss stage. Yeah. And I, oh great, I've got the whole fucking thing again. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I was worried about, and then I was like, right, well, I've been doing this and doing this, and actually, I was like, maybe mm. this is part of it, and it was part we'll of get, it luckily storylines and things have become so such a i mean they always were big parts of games um i think that's a lot of games from from other than like pong um <laughs> I've, I've really tried to push that as that interactive story feel um as as their selling point but you, you can never quite tell 
sometimes with with games like that that are creative and and pushing pushing boundaries whether that's a mechanic whether like, oh what if, what if i lose to this boss um and i just bring it back to Sekiro again just because we mentioned that boss i think there are extra voice lines that if you get a boss to a point where you're about to kill them but then don't sometimes extra, like strange things could happen that you wouldn't expect but why would you ever do that because <laughs> a big prompt comes up saying kill so you, or what big red dots like basically shouting at you press this button and then you finish this really hard boss so why would you not do that yeah i guess it's the it's the risk isn't it but mm. also if you've been doing something like securing you finally i know when i finally got to the end of the first boss i was like nope kill him, Take him <laughs> <out>. <laughs> that's it nope get rid of this bastard just get rid of him i've just spent i've spent so long on this just get this done let me never see this game again. I remember messaging <laughs> you when um, we were both playing that. I think you'd been reviewing it, and I was just I was. playing it because I was I'm a massive dog, <laughs> well, Souls Soulsborn fan, and you were just like, just "Don't even fucking talk to me about it. Just don't. I don't want to talk about it." <laughs> <laughs> I do have like I had there was someone doing guides for us at the time mm. for like they were doing the guides while I was reviewing. I had to actually ask them for their draft guides. Um, before they were finished so that I could get far wow. enough through to review the game because I was so bad at it and I had to be like, please send me the drafts of your guides so I can see what you're writing as you're writing it because I need to know how to do this. because I can't. Yeah, because there's no guides to tell you how to actually do it yourself, <laughs> which is the only time I've had to do that because I was like, this is a nightmare. I am not going to. It's the first time I've played a game been like, I am not going to, I'm not going to be able to do this. I don't know if I can review this because you I can't, can't, I can't play yeah. it. Right. Well, to, to summarize, um, yeah. Let's bring all these things together, these elements. Let's make okay. your perfect game. Oh, God. And <laughs> from what I can tell, your perfect game would be a um, a narrative action slash action RPG, hack and slash-ish, maybe more big narrative yeah. story-driven action game with May the Depressed Cat. <laughs> <laughs> yes. From Night in the Woods, um, in a North North Mythos North Norse Mythos world, <laughs> yes, leading up to an endless fight against Hela that you can't win. <laughs> yes, but that makes sense, kind of, because you've got like some of those elements come together because the Norse mythology runs through like mm. Hellblade and you know. So that's kind of, and Hela runs in with the Norse stuff, so that makes sense. You can yeah. put that in like an action RPG world, a bit like God of War. Essentially, you just kind of have to take a God of War um, Hellblade mix I, and I put May the Depressed the elements, Cat in it. I can <laughs> see what all the elements come together, but the idea of this <laughs> this 20-something cat lady <laughs> going like with a severed head of what? Her, her cat husband? Like... <laughs> <laughs> going through a world with like a big old sword. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, I could, just... I could see it, and I could see why all those elements do work together. But also, yeah, bit... visualizing it is stupid. 
<laughs> I feel like at the end, it's just it, like it won't be a head. It'll just be like a bag of donuts that she sits and like sad eats. <laughs> like she meets at the end and hell will be like rah and she'll be like I'm just gonna eat some donuts it's fine oh god it's cool that's too real it's... again <laughs> <laughs> that's how you just, defeat hella just, you just... defeat hella with reality with... oh <laughs> <laughs> unfortunately the way to beat the, bo- the endless boss is just to not just to sit down and stress eat instead. <laughs> I made, yeah, I made the the first game was a fairly fairly depressing one. Unfortunately, I made a made a slightly depressing. Well, I don't know. Like, um, Hellblade has got a big uh, mental health emphasis as well, right? Yeah, it Dealing does. With, with grief and anxiety and lots of other emotions. Um, mm. so you can see how they all link. I just can't get over the fact that. Is this going to be this stupid, like, brightly, well, not brightly coloured, but uh, block coloured cat <laughs> go against this deep, rich Norse world? <laughs> it is, yeah. Um, Would she just... have an axe? Yeah, she could have an axe, to be honest. Like, she likes donuts and pizza and. Well, that could know, be her Norse rooms drinking on, her, on her blade. Hmm? Don't her Norse runes on her blade can be the rune for pizza and donuts. <laughs> <laughs> They'll just be throwing pizza, throwing pizza slices. Yeah, maybe it's friendship. Friendship will win, or something. I don't friendship know. Friendship wins in the end. <laughs> friendship oh God, will. Feel slightly ill. <laughs> the power be... of friendship. That'll work. But this game yeah. Sounds <laughs> I feel like, yeah, that's a. I've made a, a decent. Basically, what we need to do is to um to mod, Hellblade, mm. and just change um Senua, uh, into, May the Cat. Jobs yeah. are good. If if we wanted to make it really weird, we can make like a motion capture like actual like motion captured cat, like realistic looking cat version oh of I just got an image of people putting mocap suit onto a cat. <laughs> like that an cat actual, would not like, be happy. Like a real life, so like a kind of like human cat hybrid or a cat with like very like human characteristics <laughs> but like real life. It's like a person acting as the cat. A bit like cats, like the actual the movie. Oh god, don't no. Like this that. Is, oh, you immediately <laughs> lost me. No, that's it. Done now. Is there going to be an edit of this game where they put the bum holes back in? Oh. <laughs> did you see that about the cats film? Someone I did. did. A, someone did a butthole edit, put all the bums back in. <laughs> Still refuse to watch that movie. Hellblade may sacrifice butthole edit. <laughs> <laughs> I feel. I feel like that's a decent... Most of all that lines up, except that's it. for... Make it the big bucks. Sell it. Ship it. <laughs> I have simple, simple tastes. Simple mm. tastes. <laughs> okay, well, I think that's a good place to round off. <laughs> With that image in my head. Yep, buttholes. Maze Norse butthole. Oh, God. <laughs> well, thank you very much for joining me. Um, You're welcome. I've really enjoyed talking through North mythology and feeling sad about <laughs> death and shit. <laughs> You're welcome. 
Well, anyway, um, thanks again. I'll speak to you soon. Thank you. Bye. Bye.